from things that kill your faith. And uh, I'm sure someone, you know, if they read this or heard it on Facebook or whatever, they would say, what can kill our faith? Well, we know sin can. Worry can. Like a prayer can. Like a reading can. Like it's just being a good citizen. Because when we are living by faith, we're following the steps of Jesus. In the book of Mark, chapter 11, and verse 22, Jesus answered, saith unto them, Have faith in God. That's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. He didn't say, Pray and ask God for faith. He said, Have faith in God. You have to lay hold on faith. You've got to take it. You've got to possess it. Because the moment that you decide, I'm going to start living by faith, then the devil is going to start working on you. Anytime we make a decision for the Lord, the devil is going to come knocking on our door. That's just the way it is. Have, when I said have faith in have is to hold lay hold of a thing possess it own it to hold to have hold in hand I have faith in God I laid hold on faith in God I furthermore I possess it and it and hold it in my hand these are the hands that God gave me to do the work. I have faith that if God leads me to do something, my hands will have the strength to do it. I don't care how big and strong you are, you're only able to move because God gives you permission. None of us do anything upon his own. I was studying this and I thought about the twins. Y'all going for your second degree in your black belt, right? Some dedication. It takes some practice. It takes some endurance. Probably physically more endurance and faith than it is to say, I'm going to have faith in God today and I, to the best of my ability, I'm going to do what God instructs me to do something I heard a year ago or six months ago, or maybe in the morning you'll think of message. But people say today, you've got to have faith. Wrong. You need to our church full of people. Things to save that faith in God. Have faith in God. Anybody that don't have faith in God. Hesitate to make those faith. Verse 7. Yes. He said, for we by faith, not by sight. Now, what Steve needs to do, or Gene needs to do, or Linda, or anybody else I may call your name, for 
I, Steve Hampton, walked by faith, not by sight. See, when you take that word of God and you make it a personal letter to you, so when I read that, God is letter to me. He has, he's telling me, he's telling me here in this portion of Scripture, in his will, I will walk by faith. God tells you, there can be no victory without faith in God. First John chapter 5, verse 4, God says this, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now notice here, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even what? Our faith. It is our faith. It is what we believe. See, faith is nothing more than what is your faith, what do you believe? What I believe is what I do. And we see it as such the opposite in this world. Politicians go out and, you know, try to get elected. They know what the people need. They know what the people want. So they talk that talk. But they have no plans of doing it unless it goes along with their plan. When it comes to protecting your faith, you need to realize it's not enough just to have faith in the head. We've got to have faith in the heart and faith in our feet. We've got to walk what we believe. We've got to talk what we believe. But the walking is a lot more effective on lost people than the talking is. They want to see it. Faith in God is your victory. Galatians 3.11 talks about the just shall live by faith in God. They shall live. See, that's, that's what being a Christian is. It's not showing up for church. It's living what you believe. There would never be any divorces if the man really loved the woman, the woman really loved the man, and they strive to, to do what God wants them to do. But that doesn't happen in many, many cases. It doesn't happen in church. But God said the just shall live by faith. And when we look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11, we see that. What happens is people talk about doing it by faith and leave out in God. See, sometimes God doesn't bless it because we do something for our glory. So does somebody can say, boy, did you see what Sister Jean did last week? I'm striving to do that. Did you see? Did you see? But we're not doing it so that somebody can pat us on the back. We're doing it because God wants us to be a living example. I'm not against Christmas the way a lot of people are. I believe he was born, definitely not in December, probably in between the 15th of September and the 15th of October. Do I know that? No, I don't know that. But everything that I can gather, what was going on at the time, but it's not against that. 
It is that they put a spiritual something that time of the year to look how spiritual they are. Decorate their houses and trees and all this. And that's fine if that's what they want to do. But what are they celebrating? You wouldn't celebrate Christ's birthday if you really thought it was his birthday by getting drunk, would you? But the world as a whole, that's what they do. Never mentions God except at Christmas. You have to forgive by faith, wrong? No, you have to forgive by faith in God. See, your faith has got to be in God, not you. If you've got faith, that's because you're walking in the Lord. Second point. Still in our text, on Mark 11, verse 22, you know, have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith and the God kind of faith works by the God kind of love. That was a whole lot, wasn't it? Have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith and the God kind of faith works by the God kind of love. If you don't love God the way you should, you're not going to have the faith that you should. We don't come to church just so somebody says, Brother so and so, he never misses. We wish we'd say that about everybody. But we know there's going to be sickness, there's going to be different things where we can't be here every time. But that's not what the faith The faith is that, see, it's between you and God. If you miss, do you know that God knows about that? But God don't want you coming to church with a fever. He don't want you coming to church with some chicken pox or the measles or the flu or whatever. But in Galatians, Chapter 5. Notice with me, please. Galatians chapter 5. When we look at the Word of God and we see here what God says and what God has done, we know that God is going to bless us because we're doing it God's way. So Galatians chapter 5 beginning with verse 1, says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, guess what teaching is here in verse 1? Did you notice that word again? Why wasn't I saved before I was saved? Because I was entangled with the world. The world was more attracted to me than the church. 
listen to George Jones was more important to me than listening to the choir. Well, if I do not carry out my faith, there will be times in my ministry where I will put something, not as a way of life, but I'll put something for a day, a week, a month. We call that he's backslidden. You ever been backslidden? I have. The key to being backslidden is not to stay there. And if you're truly saved and you're in the will of God and you backslide, let me tell you, God won't wait a year to knock on your door. But he said, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Let's remove that word uh, circumcised and put baptism. Church membership. See, nothing takes the place of Christ. All of those that I mentioned proves that you're in Christ. talking to a couple not too far removed in time. And I, first thing before I start talking to somebody from marriage, I ask them just flat out, do you, do you love him the way you did when you said, I do? Do you love her the same way you did when you said, I do? Well, I wouldn't be there if they were. See, we get so entangled. And the easiest one to leave out is God because God doesn't send us an email. God doesn't call us. But God never forgets either. You know, what God is is like us old-fashioned parents. You know, the new parents, I hear them, you wait till you get home. Didn't happen. When we was growing up, it wasn't waiting until we got home. God sometimes doesn't wait till you get home. God said in verse 3, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the law, to the whole law. Christ is become of no effect Unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. That means anything you think you've got to do. I never tell a person that they got to attend church here if God put them here. I tell them that God wants you to. And if God wants something, you, do you think he gets it? Yeah. He gets it. And you may not come, but you'll wish you had, see. You may not stop cussing, stop lying, but you'll wish you did. Because if you're saved, he's going to whip you in more ways than a mom or dad could even think about. 
verse 4 said, Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are that is justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. Didn't say he's fallen out of grace. He says fallen from grace. You stopped doing what you should be doing and started doing what you wanted to do. Therefore, you're backslidden. Therefore, God's going to deal with you. He may not deal with you for a long time. You know what it said? Listen, not everybody believes this, but they should. God may not deal with me at all. He may deal with my kids. He may deal with my grandkids. And you know what the way out that people, Pastor, I don't believe that silliness. Well, it's in the Word. So have you taken your Bible and marked out everything that you don't believe? I certainly hope not, but uh, as we look at verse 5, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by what? By faith. What is faith? Faith is simply what I believe. I've got faith that Brother Steve is my friend. That means if I need something, I need help, and I know he could do it. I don't, you know, I don't like to ask anybody, but I'm going to ask somebody that I believe that respects me or have faith in me. That's why I always ask God first. Because he must have had seen something in me that I didn't see because he saved my unworthy soul. So in verse 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith was working by love. Can't get away from that word love when you're talking about salvation in the Lord. Just cannot get away from it. See, the ability to get results is faith working by love. They don't have faith in God. They have faith in the law. And without faith in God, the anointed one and his anointing will profit you nothing. Well, I tried every religion, Pastor. Like I told the last pastor, I went to church for six months, a year, a couple years. Things didn't get no better. I just stopped going. You're going for the wrong reason. You don't go to church so things get better. You go to church to prove that you love God, and we already know if you're saved, God loved you. He loves me despite me and you. So he loves us. He's going to bless us in time, and usually it's when we have matured enough to know that we didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us anyway. Like somebody texted me a while back and said, you know, our preacher used to preach like that. So I texted him back, and what do you mean like that? You know, Brother Lance, just tell it like it is. I don't know any difference. 
I ain't smart enough to preach the way these other guys do. God said it, I preach it. God tells me it's truth, I believe it. Because I realized a long time ago, I can't save nobody. And I can't make you be faithful. I can't make you serve the serve God. But what I had to learn was not to let anybody that wasn't serving God drag me down. Amen? Amen. All right. Faith without love will be inoperative. It won't work. It won't put forth power. It won't work for you. It won't be effective. Works to be operative or to be in operation, to be at work, put forth power to work for one, to affect, to show oneself always moves by love. That's the only way that you are faithful when God saves you and 10, 15, 20 years later you're still faithful. Because you realize it wasn't you to begin with. God saved you because he wanted to save you. And he allowed you to go out and, you know, do the silly stuff because he's going to deal with you and you're going to look back and say, boy, I wish I had known that earlier. See, uh, Sister Henrietta and I are old enough to know that we wish sometimes that we had listened to our parents. You know, because they were older, but they never forgot nothing. God's older than us all, and he never forgets nothing. The difference is I've got to write it down, and then I lose the note. God don't even have to write it down. Because why? He's omnipotent. He knows it all. We just think we do sometimes. I always attach love to faith because without love, faith can't function. First John 5, 4 said, Whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, which works by love. Fifty-five plus years ago, everybody said, Talking about me and Dora, I'll give them two years, maybe. Wait till things really get hard. I was telling my granddaughter, when I got married, I had 600 bucks on a car that didn't run very well. But I was forcing the some. A lot of people got married without having 600 bucks. You've got to have love. You've got to have faith that the decision you make is what God wants. What does Hebrews 11.6 says? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. It's impossible. But see, we read Hebrews 11.6, which is good, but we need to read Hebrews 11.1 first because Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith, faith, 
which works by love, is your faith, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. See, to, believe, to have faith is to believe something you can't see. And I believe that God is going to be with me tomorrow, and I can't see tomorrow. But I believe by faith that whatever I need, he will provide it for me, and he may use you. Think about the little baby that's in there, you know, they had to operate, they had to go in and open it up again. You know, that's serious. The last surgery I had, they did the same thing. Called my wife and called my daughter back up there. They had to go in and open me up again. God is the healer. Amen. You know, please don't take it lightly. I'm not taking it lightly at all, but where that little baby's got to be opened up four times or not any, if she heals, it's because God healed her. Amen. God does the healing. Your responsibility is to pick out the best doctrine, the best hospital, and that you can possibly do. But always remember, the doctor has no healing power. He prayed with you and praise God, the first surgery I had in my heart, surgeon prayed with, with me. I was lost as a goose. But he prayed. And it's wonderful to have a doctor that, that will pray. It's wonderful to have a doctor that can pray. They've realized that he's just an instrument in God's hands. Amen? Amen. Matthew or Mark 9.23 said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. But believing is works by love. The God that created me The God who saved me is the God that can heal me. And the God that started this church can bring it back to bigger than it ever was. God's way. So our third point here is the opposite of love. The opposite of love disables faith, strive, division, unforgiveness, and being critical and, and are faith killers. Think about it. The opposite of love disables faith. I've heard that old stuff before. Strive. Division. Division is one of the worst things that can happen in a family, in a church, in a nation. This great country is divided. It's divided. (laughs) 
and it makes no difference who gets president. It makes no difference who's in president. God is in control. And when you look and say that the United States is a God-fearing nation, am I blind? The Bible says certain things is sin, and, and our country wants to okay it. Well, I tell you, church, your faith is one of the most precious things that you have, and you've got to protect your faith from things that harm it. Notice with me First Peter chapter one, verse seven. First Peter chapter one and verse seven. Give you time to look this up. I want you to read it. First Peter chapter one, verse seven. God said, the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You think that if God happened to save, if he's not already saved the dude that bought that Twitter or whatever it was, you know, one of the richest men in the world. He stands before God and God said, look at all that money. God let you in. Whether you don't have a nickel or winner to throw it out, you're going to go to heaven because of what you believe in the Son of God and nothing else. The trial of your faith must more precious than gold. That's what Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6, what I believe, if I believe the word of God, is more precious than gold and silver. Because my belief will take me to glory. If I had millions and millions and millions, it will have no bearing on whether I go to heaven or not. And, you know, I'm not like, some some people. I would like to have the millions and millions and millions of dollars and feel the same way I feel now. You wouldn't give it to people to keep them from working. You certainly wouldn't do that. You have to understand this about the enemy. Your faith is the biggest threat to his triumph in your life. What does the devil hate more about me? What does the devil hate most about you? Take 30 seconds and answer that. What is the one thing that the devil hates more about you than anything else? I can tell you what it is in me. He would like to destroy my faith. He would, he would just jump up and down and life all day long if, he, if I woke up in the morning and denied the Lord. But see, if I did that, I'd have to deny myself because my Lord is my life. 
And if you're saved, he's your life. You may not know it. You may not acknowledge it. You have to understand this about your enemies. Your faith is the biggest threat to his triumph in life. If everybody was saved, there wouldn't be any school shootings. There wouldn't be any babies aborted. Wouldn't be an empty church buildings. But they have no faith because they don't believe in anything except themselves. I've taken care of myself for 70 years. I'm doing some more. You ain't woke up by yourself one time in 70 years. Some people think I boast, I guess. You know, at least it appears that way, but you know, I don't I don't have alarm clock. I ain't used alarm clock for I don't know, forty, fifty years, I guess. I wanna wake up at five o'clock. I said, Lord, you know I have an appointment, so I need to be up at five. He'll wake me up at four. Wanna give me plenty of time so I don't have speed. But that don't mean I'm special. We each got gifts that our friends don't have, and that's why we're together, see. I go in my study every morning, and I look at my beautiful wife's picture, and I said, you know, I couldn't even draw a stick picture like that. You know. But see, God knew I wanted that picture, so he put brother Mike in my life and he didn't know I wanted it but God knew that he knew that I wanted it. I mean that's the kind of God we serve. Don't have to send a telegram telling the Lord that you're going to come to church Sunday. He already knows whether you'll be here or not. There are people who love God and love one another that know little and nothing about faith and the enemy just walks all over them. Probably all of us know somebody who we think is good people. I mean, hard worker, honest. I mean, and they have struggled ever since I've known them. Why is that? And the first thing is, well, they didn't work. Well, you know, God is in control of that. There are bunches of verses telling you hold to fast to your faith because the enemy is after it. The enemy wants to destroy your faith. If he can destroy what you believe, yours is like mush in his hand. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. When we read verse, just keep your place, sir. Hebrews chapter 3. God says here, in uh, verse 6, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, 
if we hold fast to confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. This is my house. This is where the real Tony lives. What you look at is not the real one. It's just a house. And what I'm telling you, Christ is a son over his own house, whose house are we? You've got to start with letting Christ be ruler of this house. If he rules this house, he'll rule 326 Elderberry Drive. If he rules this house, he'll handle what little money I've got in the bank. Same book, chapter 4, verse 14. Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest and is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. I need to still be believing what I believed that Tuesday morning when God saved me. I didn't know anything, but I believed that Jesus died for me, was buried for me, and arose for me. I still need to believe that today. Plus, all look what he's shown me. Look how he's blessed me. But I need to believe what he showed me first and that I was a sinner on my way to hell and he loved me enough to send his son to die for me. That's the main thing. You may not know what's in Hebrews 2. You may not know John 3.16. You may not know anything, but do you know that Christ died for you? He did that. Set your mind. Get your good Bible. Read it. Come to church and listen. You'll grow. Ten thirty-three, Hebrews ten thirty-three. God said, "Partly whilst ye were made a gazing block, both by reproach and afflictions." And partly while as ye became companions of them that were so used. You know what that little verse is telling you? Choose your friends well. What's out who you run with? Because you're known by the people you run with. You're known by your friends. You ever watch any of the old mafia shows? That's how they caught the big badgers. They got the people they knew him, the people that were doing business with him. It's just not natural for a child of God's best friend to be the devil's child. It's just unnatural. As we close, as we close tonight, and I, I tell you, I could teach another two hours on, on this. But in Mark chapter 11, as our last thought, Mark chapter 11, 
Mark the 11th chapter and the 25th verse. God said, And when ye stand praying, forgive, if he have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Man, that's a hard one. I said, I probably need to leave that one off. You're not speaking to a brother because he didn't like what you had on? You don't like your brother or sister because they didn't speak to you? Or you heard that they told something on you that was false? If they're your brother or sister in the Lord, why don't you go to them and ask them? If it's bothering you, it don't bother me. Mom used to say, they're talking about me, letting somebody else rest. I don't really care because they're not a friend. If, if they're a friend and they think I'm doing something wrong, if they're my friend, they'll come to me face to face without anybody around and we'll clear it up. That's good preaching. I don't care what you say. God is saying here, brothers and sisters, that we need to realize this. When ye stand praying, if any have anything against anybody, forgive them. It don't mean I've got to invite them for dinner. There are people, all of those, <clears throat> be nice, Tony, all of those people that walk out of church that night, Two weeks later, they see me. How you doing, Pastor? Pretty good. Thank you for your concern. He said, well, that was hypocritical. Well, it's better than putting a scene, you know. One of them stopped me down there at Shell Station, you know, got in my face, and, and I wanted to throw him over the car but I didn't. Partially because that's the scripture. They just, the devil wanted me to react. I'm finished. First Timothy 2.8, no need to look in the King James because I love the Amplified on this so much I used it. I desire, therefore, that in every place men should pray without anger or quarreling or resentment or doubt in their minds, lifting up holy hands. You know why I like to amplify this and then that? You can't pray if you're out of God's will. You can go through the act. You can pray long. No, no, no. Too much in the Bible that says, you're going to let somebody keep you from talking to the Lord? And I probably would have years ago. Not now. Not now. My prayer life is too important to me and my family than to let somebody that's probably lost control my religion. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to the desire. We thank you, Father, for this.